on 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. So corner kick now. Far side, city end, and Duff will take it. Sends it in. Kistorbo up. Oh! Yes, and that was the score of this uh, round four opening clash between Melbourne City and Adelaide United. As Ed Wyatt said, 2-1. Thanks to the boys uh, and the call team with SEN. Ed Wyatt, Dave Clarkson and Jonathan Howcroft doing another fantastic job at Amy Park. It's the Diego's now. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you on this uh, balmy Friday night. Uh, Vinny Venezuela's here as well. So is uh, Warren's back. Nice to see you. And Carlos is in the house as well. Vinny Venezuela. Um, I think, what's the hotline tonight? I think, let's get straight into <laughs> yeah. that. What is the hotline? It is the uh, Bon Voyage hotline tonight, the Melbourne City Bon Voyage hotline. I mean, the obvious one there, Vinny, there's would a, be that David V is, is going on, Bon Voyage, on plane David. back home. Yes. Yeah. But there's another other ways we can actually yes. use the Bon Voyage it's, analogy here. It's multi-entendre. <laughs> I mean, has the season travelled away from... Uh, it's Bon from Voyage season, season yeah. possibly. They will put... They possibly. Put, no, listen, it's not a night. Friday nights are not a night. Right, not Rodrigo nights. You're right. What do you mean You're by right. that, Carlos? Well, you are, you are you actually are known as I've a man who's splinters. indifferent about things. Right. Yeah, yeah, well. Carlos. <laughs> sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not. Carlos, you, you, you know I wanted to go with the the straw that broke the camel's back hotline. <laughs> I know. I and know. I think that tonight's loss I know. will be season-defining for Melbourne City. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, They're season, broken. They are on, broken. Hang on. Oh, season rubbish. defining in what way, Vinny? Well, more season defining. <laughs> that it's over for them? It's or? over. It's over. It's over for it's them. It's over for them. Vinny. I, I think I th- if, you can't, if you can't rise when you've got David Villa there. That's a good point. When you can't turn it, you can't win a game mm. with, with, with that guy playing for you, doing all the work. And don't forget Damien Duff, too. Sydney's Duffy season did. with Del Piero. Duffy, I think he might be on his way, too, Carlos. He, yep. he was looking a bit glum tonight. Yep. I, th- I think he'll be weeping at the airport. Okay, no, that's a victory point of view. <laughs> that's a bit, now, we've got, we've got a City point of view oh. here. Now, Warren, are you going to defend oh, your team? Is, is just, it over for City? It is, is, just, is City in crisis? City's not in crisis. <laughs> I mean, D- David Villa, if you can't rise with David Villa, maybe we should just talk to Sydney players for the last two years under Del Piero, Vinny, <laughs> just very quietly. Why couldn't they rise under Del Piero? There's some issues in the team, and I think... So you're saying your coach has to go? No, the coach doesn't have to go. <laughs> I think. Um, well, hang on, we've, we've named the hotline Bon, bon Voyage, Voyage, so oh, something's think, got to happen. I think here. there's some fans maybe doing oh, the Bon oh, Voyage. Gee, unfortunately. Let's hope not. Let's hope no, not. You've got you to hang tight. I think David Villa, I think if it was 10 games, if it wasn't 10 games and it was only ever going to be four, why say it's 10? And I don't know if John Van Skip knew or the players knew. I think that. Surely City didn't know. Well, Surely City. 
said, yeah, we'll take him for 10 games. Uh, that was what all the media was about beforehand. 10 games. We thought, okay, he'll need a couple of games to warm up, you know, to, to get to know the boys. And after probably game three, maybe game four, he'll start scoring a goal every two games because he's a class player. Yep. Now, surely City they didn't, didn't know. know. Surely. And I think there may, be, there may have been a trickle-down effect here. You know, Pellegrini wants Lampard for a bit longer. You know, they want Duff, they want Via back, you know, to be their real marquee guy. Because I don't think... Um, so hang on, so you're blaming Via then? No, I think... Are you blaming Via? No, I think when you're part of a conglomerate, Carlos, that the minnow in the, con- in the conglomerate or whatever it is, <laughs> the minnow suffers. And The junior. Yeah, I think, and that's the way it's worked. I mean... What, is Pellegrini letting... But, 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 uh, I Warren, want an answer to this question. Warren, is had... David Villa coming late to the squad and being the so-called prolific prong that didn't... Well, in the end, he scored two out of four games, you know. It's not bad. It was three and a half games, two really. Two out so of five like, goals. It's not bad. Uh, do, you, do you think that he, him coming disrupted the team so much and also the talk of him only staying for four games, so all the focus was on that? In fact, Michael Zapponi... Our very own, Michael Zapponi, the first question he asked John Van Skip in the pre-match interview, in the pre-match interview was, well, this is this David Villa's last game? I mean, yes, Van, is Skip, my answer, Van Skip Carlos. didn't, didn't <laughs> appreciate the question, by the way. Yes, because, my answer is yes, it's unsettled them. Okay, it's unsettled them to the point that when he goes, they'll start winning now? Is that what you're when saying? When he goes, I think they'll at least be settled. As to whether they win... I'm not sure. But I think coupled with Corrin, who was really their big-name signing, attacking midfield-type player, getting forward, coupled with that, I think it's been unsettling. But I'm going to say this. They were in front tonight. They lost. They were in front twice against the victory last week and lost. Both set pieces. Both set pieces. Defender That's scoring. That's the disappointing component to me. They should have been able to dominate for longer once they scored first for a team away from home. That disappointed me. But in the first two games, they went a goal down, and unlike Melbourne Hart of previous incarnations, they actually fought back and got results. So, so they're selectively resilient. Yeah, yeah. Warren, if you'd, if you'd been reading my um, great uh, pieces on Sportsmate Live app. I do uh, observe them. Live, I do have a look at them, Vinny. You will have noticed that I've got nothing but praise for the first half of Melbourne City games. So they've been coming out in the first half uh, playing you know, fantastic, snappy football. But tonight, I didn't even get a first half from oh, them. They, they were good in the first 25 minutes. I've got nothing to write about You were watching week. the TV? <laughs> they were great in the first 25 <laughs> minutes or so. That's not a whole dominated. first half. They were, absolutely. Uh, 0433981116. That's the number if you want to SMS us tonight. Uh, and the Bon Voyage hotline on 9429 <laughs> uh, is the hotline tonight. And we've got Leighton from Newport. Who wants to No, well, well Leighton from Newport, actually. Might be. I don't think he's moved from where Sydney Harbour oh, he's got to, houses to, everywhere. to Newport. Although Newport is a beautiful suburb. Leighton, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. Oh, our pleasure. You want to speak about uh, Andrew Redmayne? Yeah, I just don't feel he's a confident keeper. He's not attacking. And, like, that's what we need. As, you, as we saw, like, Eugen Galekovic is a great keeper because he attacks the ball when it's coming. He doesn't look um, confident in himself when the ball's coming down. I think there's a few of the, the blokes, uh, Leighton, that's, uh, you know, uh, you, you look at, you're looking for a response. I didn't mind when they went one all when Brucey Jide got the equaliser, only because I thought if, the, if this Melbourne City team's going to change people's minds, uh, especially those people who think that they're no better than the old Hart team, 
if anything was going to change people's minds is if, if they could come back yep. and get another goal and actually start dominating a very, very good... Let's not underestimate Adelaide. They were fantastic, that team there. But they don't seem to have the personalities in that squad to be able to actually stand up and dominate. It just... It, it, I don't know. I mean... There's, there's, a, there's some tough plays, and they work hard. I mean, you see Masper Docker, and you see uh, Moy, and you see Paddy Kisnorbe. They all seem to work hard. Jason Hoffman. But the personalities in that team that will not ever entertain the thought of quitting or um, uh, of, of losing, you know, I, I keep on thinking back to what Kevin Musket did with Melbourne Victory over many, many years where they had, a, at times, very ordinary teams. But he dragged every one of his teammates kicking and screaming to wins. And they don't seem to have that sort of play. So is it a personality issue? And I think Andrew Redmayne, in a team with those sort of personalities, would probably be a more confident keeper. It's just not in his personality to dominate like a Eugene Kolekovic or a Michael Theo or one of those sort of plays. Carlos, uh, I think uh, the victory broke them last week. I think that they they, they were dispirited. But you, you've and, written and them off for the season. I... I you know, today it was funny. It was telling for me when they scored, and, and the the camera went to Van Skip on the on the sideline. He didn't look. He looked exhausted. Yeah, but he looked emotionally but, but, drained. But and maybe, that man has but been maybe, the backbone. but maybe going ahead wasn't the test he was looking for. He was looking for the test when they were going to either go behind one nil or draw one all and see their response. And again, again, the personality in that team, the character of the team, did not. But it was John Van Schip who said it last week. These boys have got to learn to bounce back. And it's so true. this was the test. It, this was, the, as you say, yeah. the test for them was to see how they respond. And unfortunately for for Melbourne City and uh, the Melbourne City fans, they 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 didn't back it up. They they they, they yeah, had nothing. That's right. Uh, I haven't had a chance to be on since last week, and that it's not dribble that Vinny's talking about the game last week. I know the final score was five two. Vinny victory one. But fair dinkum, Archie Thompson was offside for the goal. He wasn't offside, He was offside, Carlos. Just as much as David Villa was offside. In fact, you were complaining about an offside tonight was clearly offside because you didn't like the rule. Same as last week. You didn't like the offside rule. This is not hockey where you just change the rule of offside. I'm telling you, he was offside because I spoke to a couple of referee, technical directors of referees this week, and they said it was a very good decision. Okay. Well, take that aside. If you say it's questionable, then... There was a clear penalty. There was a penalty to Melbourne Heart that would have made it to Melbourne Victory. I'm Melbourne City. I'm going Melbourne City <laughs> that would have made it three all. What are you talking about last, last week, week? Still, the there was a lot of difference in that irrelevant. game last week. They last week's game is a Rodrigo. They take were. a hold. They were not <laughs> at the end of at the end of the second half. No. They weren't there. They disappeared. Yeah. Anyway, it's tonight we're talking about. You're being a bit too loud for me tonight, boys. Um, <laughs> I, I Let's go back something to well, say in a moment because yeah, okay. Nick from Roville has called in on the Bon Voyage hotline on nine four two nine eleven six and wants to talk about uh, goalkeeping. G'day, Nick. Welcome to the show. Nah, it's not actually about the goalkeeping, but... I was trying to read your mind. put the ball out to David Villa tonight. So we missed that oh, there, Nick. Okay. What, what was that, sorry? We are just wondering why they wouldn't give the ball out to David Villa when he's in so much space on the wing all night, all game. Yeah, they, they just... Uh, Nick, I'm telling you, they just didn't seem to... Really, uh, it, it wasn't. They didn't seem to know how to feed uh, Villa really from uh, the first game, and, and they have look. 
to be fair to the team and to be fair to the coaching staff, they haven't had a lot of time with him. They, he came five days before the first game. He only played half the first game. He's only literally played three and a half games. And the goals he scored in those games have really been something out of nothing. So, you know, I don't blame the team. I don't blame the coaching staff. I think what we're learning, and this is another topic uh, probably in this two hours, uh, Rodrigo, we need to address is, should we just get rid of this guest player thing? Really? I mean, you've got one of the best players ever to pull on a shirt in world football in David Villa, who still can play football, comes in and just shows us. And my fear was this. You know, my fear, my fear was my fear was that he wasn't going to be here long enough for the team to gel with him, and it's just proven it. Yeah. If you, and it's, it's, I just reckon get rid of this guest player thing unless they're going to be staying here for ten games and they go and they're decent players in the first place and they're not, you know, past it. I think get rid of that and. I don't blame the team there, Nick, uh, because I just think they, they just haven't had enough time. And the coach, you can even see John Van Skip really frustrated because, uh, you know, he probably would have thought in 10 games he would have had, you know... Something uh, to show for something, it. Yeah, something... Uh, they would have been all in tune with Villa by in, in 10 games, but after four games or three and a half games, you're just never going to get that. Thanks for your call there, Nick. Uh, let's go to Ralph in Frankston. Uh, wants to talk about the loss. G'day, Ralph. G'day guys, I, I went with a couple of mates tonight, I go every week and uh, tonight was probably one of the worst losses I've been to in the last five years. I mean, there's several things that we can go through. You can say don't blame the players, don't blame the coach, don't blame this, don't blame that, but it really is the players and the coach because you've got players like Redmayne who should be, you know, a commanding goalkeeper with his size. He plays like a 10-year-old schoolgirl. And then you've got people like Matuka and Mate De Gansic who are five foot nothing running through the centre of the ground. You know, we, why have we got people like Tartalu running through the middle of the ground? Why have we got David Villa on the left wing? Why is Duff down the right wing? Play your good players down the middle where the ball's going to go to all the time. Got Matuka passing it back every five seconds. I was going to say, the problem with Daganzic is I don't know that he's comfortable in that, that position. You probably want him on the wing rather than in the prong position. And, and I, you know, I question why William, well, obviously it's a fitness thing, but William is, is sort of made for, for more prong positioning than uh, Daganzic. Look, I think Melbourne Heart slash City fans have got something to be upset about. I mean, I don't think they've had a win in about 15 games if you take in last season and this season. And there's no doubt that they're not performing as well as they should. But it's four games in. They've got two points. Okay, the Derby result was disappointing on paper. I don't think it was as catastrophic as what it looked like in terms of the final score. You're kidding. I don't. You're kidding. But tonight, they go ahead... I would have thought they should have found a way to actually get you know, a result. You're treating our listeners with contempt. I'm not. You are. Is that why I didn't come on on Wednesday? No, just, it's just treating our listeners with contempt. How? I, but I'm, I would if, be. I mean, it's a manner. It's a manner of how they go about it. You can't give your fans a first half the way they play against Victory for 43 minutes until they concede that ridiculous second goal against Victory and dish up a performance where they didn't turn up. And tonight, really. I mean, okay, Paddy Kisnorbo scored the goal tonight. They were almost the same in that when they were really, I mean, Adelaide were a very good side, but, 
you know, in those situations when you've got a, a, a team that's uh, possession bullies like Adelaide, you've got to scratch and claw. You've got to actually, you know, you've got to actually uh, collectively uh, try and do something about it, even if, you, if you're not quite a, 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 as good as team. And Van Skip even spoke during the week that forget about the pretty football. If we need to win ugly, we'll, win, we'll have to win ugly. And tonight they just couldn't even do that. And, it, and it's not through lack of effort. Um, and, you know, our, our callers have actually talked about the individual, you know, uh, you know mentioned Matty uh, Masmadoka or Pardaloo and, and uh, Degandish and stuff. For me, it's a collective. Mm. It's a collective. You can't be just uh, talking about one player. It's a collective that's not working and striving for the same thing in a positive way. They're working hard, but very. it's almost an individualistic self uh, I know it's a self, um, you know, uh, protection. It's a bit of a self-protective sort of mechanism. The way they're going, they're playing without confidence, and um, and it, I, I don't know how they can get it out of it because it's almost like a cancer that's come through that club. And can we contrast that with, say, the philosophy at Adelaide at the moment with Gombo, mm. who just shares the love, and he doesn't even want to sort of um, praise individual plays. He just keeps mentioning the collective, and and they do work as as a body of men on that field, pressing forward, coming back. Getting a bit of love here on the uh, text messages here, Warren. John in Port Melbourne. What utter, utter nonsense, Warren. Um, <laughs> stop whinging, Warren. <laughs> City hard or whatever they're called. First goal is from a dodgy free kick. Um, and sums up uh, some of our some of our City supporters here. Um, new name, new colours, same rubbish gimmick team. Yeah. Uh, I just love how victory fans <laughs> even feel, they feel obliged to bag City even when City are going poorly. I really find that very interesting amongst Victory fans, why they feel the need to comment. Why is that a surprise for you? Well, it just surprises me. Okay, it is the uh, Bon Voyage hotline, and Nicholas <laughs> has called the 9429-1116 from Baldwin. G'day, Nicholas. You want to speak about uh, Jason Hoffman? Yeah, I just want to know why we persist with him at right back when his natural position, I believe, was either an attacking midfielder or striker. And also we, we put Germano back at left back. Good to have him back. But Garushu's on the bench, had a good season last year at left back. Why not chuck Germano at right back, Garushu at left back? Because Hoffman's just, well, he's pretty useless back there, let's be honest. Well, I know that uh, he's a bit of a project player for Van, uh, John Van Skip. He's sort of uh, really taking, taking him under his wing. And in the first couple of years, he was sort of in and out of the team and not playing with a lot of confidence. It seems like... They wanted to convert him, even last year, to a full-back. I, I think that they're pretty happy with him. I, I don't think that they're, they're uh, worried too much about Jason Hoffman. Uh, and he scored a goal last week. You know, again, it's one of those individuals. Uh, it, for me, it's, it's a collective. You know, as a group of, of players, they've got to somehow will themselves forward for a win and, and really trouble teams. It's just when they get on the back foot, you can always see it from the time they scored the goal tonight. They're on the back foot. They start not getting possession. And the pressure or the, the pressing is individual type work rather than collective press. Uh, against Adelaide, you have to pressure the ball. You have to pressure the man on the ball. And if you're not doing it collectively, they're going to take uh, the mickey out of you. And they did that a number of times through midfield. I mean, with Masmodoka doing doggies and you had um, Mate Degandic also doing uh, doggies at different times, uh, it just shows when that happens, the whole group is not pressuring at the same time. Whether that's a confidence thing or an ability thing, I don't know. But uh, it just, for me, the bottom line is there's no, there's no real faith 
that in each other that they could go and achieve something. We haven't talked about the team they played uh, tonight, yep. Adelaide United, and we'll talk about them a little bit later, but geez, they're good. Uh, Warren, what, what have you got to say before we go to our next caller? Thanks oh, for there's call components too, of, the, of the City team I don't quite understand. I mean, even if David Villa was coming for 10 games, he, if he wasn't going to play centrally, he was going to play out wide, Duff was going to play out wide. Why they haven't brought in a striker of note, and I know David Williams plays far better off another striker. Well, how many, I think. you got Veer, you got Duff, no, you got uh, Williams. Who is a striker? You got to play to, four up in front. In the eh? setup tonight, Carlos, when you've got Deganjic starting centrally as the striker, I, I think don't it, understand I think, that. I think, call. I think if Williams was a hundred percent, he would have started. That's my gut feeling. I think with Williams missing last week, uh, he may not be over whatever he had. I think he was ill. I'm not sure what it, what his issue was last week, uh, but. Automatically, you know, when Williams did come on, you, you just got the sense when he was chasing the ball down that he really wanted to win that ball. Uh, and there was a, they probably lifted a little bit when he came on. But uh, Mate is just really lost when he's at central prong, as Vinny said earlier. He just seems like he'd just be running from side to mm. side, putting pressure on, but doesn't usually do much with the ball because, he, they, they, I don't know, he just doesn't get in the position where he, he receives the ball and they can't find him or, I don't know. But he just seems to be... Just running from man to man, putting pressure on without can, doing much flick, else. Flick him off the ball as well. He's, he doesn't yeah. have that body mass. But Carlos, can I just ask Eric Pardaloo? Yep. Is he being played in? He's come back, and he's not the guy that I remember him from uh, when he was up at Brisbane. You know my theory, Vinny. Mm. Tell us your theory, Carlos. You go to China, you go to Asia, you can make your money, no problem. No one comes back a better player. You name me one player that goes to Asia. And, and they do it for a career path, no problem. Uh, uh, you know, you've got to look after yourself financially. But they never come back better players. Pardaloo's nothing like the, the, you know, the, the cog in that mm. Brisbane Raw You're wheel. You're not including Japan in that, are you, Carlos? Because I'm, I'm tipping that City are hoping that's not true. <laughs> well, they've, not, just, they've just taken I'm sorry, uh, Josh I'm sorry. Kennedy. My theory, there's, <laughs> actually, people should actually text in. I know it's not part of the hotline, no, but that's all right. text in any player, any Australian player that's gone to Asia and come back a better player. I'll argue there's none. Are you saying they're the same? What about Broski? I'd say Broski would be... No, he's de- he hasn't got better. You don't think so? No. no. He's still pretty good. Hey, uh, let's go to Sam in St. Albans on the Bon Voyage hotline. Sam, welcome to the show. Welcome. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. And um, I don't know where to start with this whole city thing. It's, uh, the whole thing's... <laughs> Pretty disgraceful, I think. Um, we talk about uh, Via four games, not enough time playing with the team. Simple strategy with Via would have been just give him the ball, and he can create something X factorish that causes goals. He creates goals, he creates things. And how many times has he been ignored? It's not a wonder he's getting back on a plane, going back to, to New York, because he's probably realised that you know they're not passing him the ball. It's as simple as that. And if we go to the rest of the team, I mean, Mass Madoka reminds me of a scene in Rocky when Rocky's chasing the chickens. <laughs> I mean, uh, really, and Kisnorbo's got to be the worst disposal of the ball player in the league, but the strategy of the night, the strategy of the night, we'll throw a very bad player up front when we've got a forward, at full, a forward playing at full back, and I know it's a project player for, uh, for Van Skip uh, having Hoffman at full back, but in moments when you've got to create something and you've got a known striker at fullback, why don't you throw the known striker at fullback? He might do something a little bit better than Kuznorbo who can't play. No, I think they're fair points. Um, 
look, fair, fair point. Sam yeah, I think seems like he point. knows his stuff. He, he, actually, he actually let City have it there. I would argue that Jason Hoffman is more than adequate in the position that he's playing. Yes, he's played forward for Newcastle previously, but it's a long time ago. And it's now two seasons where John Van Schip... So I'm not looking at him. Look, Paddy Kuznorbo, defensively, he's hard at it. He doesn't dispose of the ball. But I would have thought under John Van Schip, you'd probably be looking for Kuznorbo to give it to somebody in the midfield who then distributes the football. I think Pardalou is a big disappointment. They're paying the price for a guy who's come in late, into the into the camp, who was underprepared clearly. I mean, he was in China, but the last game, the last no, game he's he was in Thailand. playing, he was he's in Thailand. Thailand. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, I don't. No disrespect to the Thais. Great beaches over there, but yeah, I don't true. know what their football's like. And no, their he's football's clearly, pretty good, but just, they he's just don't clearly come back underdone. Better. Clearly underdone, and they're looking for him to be a person that is really breaking up and winning the ball in that defensive half, and then distributing. They've lost Corin, who would have been there. Attacking yes, midfielder. But, but we can't that, talk that is, about that. that, that because, is, that's a huge loss. Corrin yeah, is a huge you're right, loss. You're right. Huge loss. You've got to play with the guys you got. And the guys... The, tonight, Duff wasn't in the game as much he has, as he has been in the past either. And you need two good players. Even if, No matter how good V is and how many times you give him the ball, you can't expect him to just dribble it all the way in. You still, he, need, he still needs support and people finishing uh, the work he does. Absolutely. I did ask a question about any Aussie players that have gone overseas and come back better players, and I'm saying there's none. Uh, but there, one, there is one. There's always a few. Uh, there is one that, I, that could be argued, but he had to go the long way around. It's not that he came straight back and became a great player. But Dimi Petratos uh, went to Malaysia, I think, for a little bit, and he's come back. I, I think oh, he's yeah. a good – but he was a young player that, uh, that was blossoming into something special anyway. He so was a Kentucky too. Yeah, but that wasn't because Carlos. of his time in Asia. But, and the guys say Sasha Oganoski, he's not a better player now. No. He became a better player While over there. there. And, and, and he stayed went, there. Yeah, that's right. But he can come back a better player. And that's what I'm saying. When they come back, they're not better players. All right? Dimi Petratos is as uh, close to – uh, maybe one that may, you know, he's maybe still young. Playing. He's still yes. young. Though. Still young so guy. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. That's the uh, Bon Voyage hotline, or <laughs> or the you know the zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen uh, SMS uh, line. Of course, send us in your thoughts on yeah. who's come back a better player from Asia. Warren, before we go to a break, yeah, I just want Carlos tests our listeners with meaningless trivia like that. I just thought. We could test our listeners. Has there ever been a professional football side anywhere in the world that's had two players by the name of Bruce playing at the same time? <laughs> yeah, no, there's a right. challenge. I mean, Actually, we know Bruce Grobler, but no, Bruce is an outdated Bruce no, Jitte and uh, yeah, Bruce no, Kamau. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's. I would say that's the first time in world history. No, 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 no. Oh. Derby, Derby County, Derby County of the seventies. <laughs> they had Bruce Rioch playing for yes. them. Now, I challenge the Derby fans out there to come up with another Bruce. Did you have another Bruce? Yeah, in just that Google era. it. Google Bruce it. Grobelar played, obviously, for Liverpool yeah, for a long for time. Derby County. Can't remember another Bruce that played yeah. at Liverpool. In that era, there would have been four, maybe five per no, team. No, come up with the team that had two Bruces in them. Hey, Derby County fans, there's your, there's your uh, challenge. Let's go to a break. And as we go to, go to the break, let's have a listen to uh, the coach of Adelaide United. Let's listen to Joseph Gombau talk about uh, their win with thanks to Fox Sports. You've got a few fans, as has the club. A great uh, travelling support tonight. Yeah, so happy for them. And this, this, this win is for them. Must be a great feeling at the club at the moment. Everything seems to be going well. Yeah, we need to keep this. It's difficult. It's just starting for games. The long is the, the league is very long. We need to keep this. We need to keep this and work 
game by game. I don't want that anyone think that that we are uh, a team that we can win the league. No, it's not really like this. We need to work game by game, and after we will see. A lot of depth as well. You guys like Cassio, who are back to full fitness, he can't get in the squad at the moment. The players are coming off the bench and making an impact as well. That must be very pleasing for you. Yes, we are a group, we are close, we are together, we are working hard, and everybody have a place in this team if it's working hard. Marcello Karuska was fantastic tonight, best on ground from our perspective. Uh, what does he add to this team? Yeah, he's very good, but I like to speak about all the team. All the team is doing well because uh, Cello is doing fantastic, but also the defensive line, the keeper, everybody's working hard, and, and we are a team. Uh, we are a team together, and, and we need to work like this. What did you say to David Villa as he was leaving? Yeah, I say that good luck and, and have a, a good, uh, a good uh, games in, in USA, and, and I wish the, to, to him the best. Thanks, Joseph. Thank you. Thank you very much. Every coach is in the last year of his contract. Some just don't know it. This has been a profound coaching moment by the Four Diego's. Yes, this is the Four Diego's final whistle here on a Friday night after Adelaide United defeated Melbourne City 2-1. Uh, Kisnorbo scored for Melbourne City in the ninth minute with a lovely uh, header. Bruce Jute scored a, a beautiful team goal. Uh, that was a wonderful goal. It was in the mm. 38th minute. And then uh, Marcello Caruska scored in the 80th minute. What a uh, player. With a penalty that was a little bit dubious in front of 13,083 people at Amy Park. It is the Bon Voyage hotline tonight on 9429-1116. And you can send us your text message, of course, on 04-33-98-1116. Of course, Warren challenged our listeners out there to come up with two Bruces in the one team in, the one team in world football. Well, Carlos, Jacko from Camberwell thinks yep. he's got one. Good okay. day, Jacko. Welcome to the show. Okay, boys. Yes, how are you going? Yeah, good. Which said Derby County. Wasn't Brucey Gemmel? No. No, Bruce Rioch played for Derby. Archie Gemmel. Archie Gemmel, not Bruce. Sure. Wasn't that his name, though? Well, I've got Frank Google over here, and um, <laughs> I, can't, I can't find uh, uh, Bruce. Although, Although he does he's have got a LinkedIn profile. A, there's about five Bruce Gemmels that have got LinkedIn profiles. You might, uh, <laughs> yeah, one's an accountant in New York. Yeah, that's right. You know, one's been one. to Derby. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But thanks for that, Jacko. Thanks, Jacko. Yeah. Hey, um, we'll still throw it out there. We need two Bruces yep. in the one team. Now, let's stretch this, because mm-hmm. in the spirit of the FFA Cup, let's go down the leagues. If you've played with a team or know of a team that has two Bruces in it, give us a ring. Mm. It could be Sydenham. It could be St. Albans Saints. Well, they'll have Brancos. <laughs> <They'll> be- <laughs> no, no, they've got to be Bruces. Yeah. No, no, I'm yep. kidding. So, uh, 942 uh, Let's go to Bob in Baldwin, who's been waiting on the line, wants to talk about the coach of Melbourne City. G'day, Bob. Welcome to the show. Yeah, good day, lads. Uh, just uh, been listening all night and obviously been watching the game. Um, how soon do you think uh, Van Ship will get the Panettone and, uh, <laughs> and, and and wait for it, Scott Scott Munn? And I believe I, for my ears are playing, Archie Fraser was spoken to earlier this, uh, this evening. Yeah, I know the boys had him on pre-game um, with the SEN crew, with Ed White and his team. Uh, I didn't get to hear the interview, so I'm not sure. I heard it was a, a bit of it. Was it a job uh, interview? No, no. He's talked. He, he talked about why he left. You know, the FFA. He was the inaugural chief executive of the FFA, handpicked from St Kilda. He's now, but he sidled up to to Clive Palmer. That was his worst mistake, bagging yeah. the A League. But for yeah, a few he's, weeks. He's, he was a bit bitter and twisted. He with was. The thing, but, so I'm not um, sure. No, I don't think he was applying for anything. But yeah. I suppose if you're looking for an administrator for a 
a struggling second team in a major city of Australia might go for it. Is it the CEO's fault? No. Okay. Uh, okay, so let's let's rule. Look, at this point in time, unless there's something going on that I don't know about, you can't go to the CEO. No, you, you can't. You know, but you know what the problem? I'll tell you what the problem is, right? They got rebranded and they got excited about that. Yep. And as they should be. And then they got David Villa, they got excited about that. Yep. And they started thinking they'd already won the, you know, the mentality there yeah, but is the, but the we've club, done things. No, but the, no, but the, do you think the club or do you think the expectation no, came no, from I, outside I don't, club? I don't know. The, the expect, it, to me, it's almost like, oh, we're a shoe-in now. Everything, we've ticked all the right boxes. We can't go wrong. No, Vinny, I, 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 I just can't see. The, the mentality isn't there. I and, disagree. And, and, and I don't caving, think, I don't think. It's like Mark Rudin uh, on the post-match on Fox. Very, very insightful stuff he was talking about, about the fact that they had Villa coming. And they didn't sing it to the to the you know to the world. Um, they had Damien Duff coming. They didn't sing, they, everything was. They put a lid on everything. They were doing it the Man City way. Yeah, just to, to put a lid on everything. And what Mark Ridden was saying he says you should be screaming that to the world. Tell the world that you're good. Hmm. Tell the world that you're going to do something. And it just seems like, and we were saying this during the break that you know my philosophy has always been you can't win things with kids. And that's hmm. another thing that people can have a crack at me about. Can't win <laughs> things with kids. <laughs> And you can't win things with nice guys either. Mm, nice you guys can't be nice last, guys and win things. And yeah, I think... That's why we're on at 11 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Melbourne City are nice guys. They're lovely, lovely guys. Oh, they are very personable young men. Yeah, and they're all lovely, right? But you can't but manufacture you can't, mongrel either, You can't Carlos. win things with nice guys, and that's part of the problem too, I reckon. Well, Is Ben Skip too nice? Well, that's, well, that, well, that's, that's the question, the question you know, from Bob. Bob, Bob yeah. basically said, uh, should he get the panettone, which means... That <laughs> no, he shouldn't. Well, let's, let's have a listen with thanks to Fox Sports, what John Van Skip had to say with uh, Michael Zappone after the game. John, now uh, your assessment of the performance tonight? Uh, yeah, not good enough again. It's clear. We can have a big story and say that we had maybe the better chances overall, but uh, in the end it's 2-1. I think um, we, uh, we had the more clear chances. We um, had a good one with, uh, with Villa, another one with Duff, and uh, the second half, um, yeah, we uh, at 1-1, of course, it was a, a mistake that you, you can make. It was really not really something going on there. and. We lose the ball in, the, in our own 18-yard and cost us a penalty. Did you think it was a penalty? I, I don't know. I, I, haven't, I haven't seen it. it, it I've, looking at how we lost it, that's um, yeah, giving me more worries than if it was a penalty or not. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Leading into the season, there was obviously a lot of expectation about how Melbourne City would perform this year. What's your message to the fans at this point of the season? Four games in without a win, what, what do you say to the fans who are expecting so much? Well, I understand the, the disappointment. Uh, that's what we have as well. Disappointment um, about our start. And uh, we can talk back every time uh, that the play is good, but in the end, <laughs> the points are not there. And um, so uh, we have to just uh, stick together and, and, and work hard and, and, and fight out of this uh, situation. That's the only thing that we can do because. Uh, um, nobody's going to help us from outside. We have to do it uh, all together and and, uh, and work hard and, and yeah, take the positives out. Uh, but we also know that there are a lot of things that we have to work on. 
Thanks for joining us. Okay. There's John Van Skip with thanks to Fox Sports with uh, Michael Zappone. Um, read th- between the lines, boys. Well, you have to. Yeah, read between <laughs> the lines. What's he saying, really? He's saying we need to do a bit more boxer size and get a bit of mongrel in us. And they are taking one of the positives out. They're taking him right to the airport. <laughs> He's gone. They're saying, they're saying bon voyage. Bon voyage. Uh, yeah. um, I think my take is... I think he's extremely disappointed with the way that they're playing and the mistakes that they're making. I mean, you talk about the mistake that led to the goal. They did give the ball away that led to the penalty. There were mistakes last week, soft but goals. But Warren, against... even winning teams make mistakes. Yeah. So it's what they're doing, they're getting punished for the mistakes they're making because uh, they're just not the, – the confidence isn't there to really dominate teams. Uh, and know that if you do go a goal down or you draw once you've gone ahead and you draw, that you can go ahead and you know back, go back and dominate that game and win the game. Uh, it just doesn't seem they've got that belief about them. Let's go to uh, Jason in Taylor's Lakes, uh, 9429116. wants to talk about tonight's performance and uh, maybe about some changes that might be needed. G'day, Jason. Welcome to the show. Hey, boys. How are you? Yeah, good, good thank you. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Um, I was at the game tonight, and um, I've been at every game this year and, and last. Um, it seems to be the same old... It's, it's Melbourne Heart pretty much in disguise at the moment. Um, I just feel that there's a few players that have uh, been able to catch a, a free ride onto, on, the, uh, on the bus this year, and um, probably should have had, had to have gone in the preseason. And that, by that, I mean Jason Hoffman, number one. I mean, he, he has that okay in right back, but we knew we never had a right back, and Bonstip had all these funds and all these backing... He never went out and got a right back. Left back, we lost Aziz Beige. He put Ian Ramsey in. He's obviously been a failure. Should have given Ben Garuccio probably a chance earlier. He gave him one tonight. I thought the youngster did not bad. But um, just a few other passages. We've got Madoka, um, which I think if had Robbie Corrin been fit, um, would have been obviously a whole different season mm. in terms of linking up with David Villa and Damien Duff. You've got three pretty experienced uh, players and that know world football and know how to, how to play the game. Um, and the second thing I want to say is that I'm a little bit disappointed tonight in um, in David. Um, we're at the game and pretty much everyone came to see this uh, world superstar. Um, he's come from Spain. He's won everything, to, everything there is to win world football. And um, he just walked straight down the tunnel and uh, didn't say goodbye to anyone or anything. And um, look, I don't blame him. It's been a disappointing um, four-game spell. But um, yeah, just uh, don't the culture of the club just seems wrong at the moment. And um, even if you listen to Von Stipp's... Um, Press conferences. There's no mongrel about him. I mean, he's got to get his boys and rough them up a bit, and you know, get stuck in there. But he just sounds like, like you said, a nice guy earlier. They just seem like all nice guys, and um, it's quite disappointing. Great yeah. points there, Jason. Yeah, no, mm. Jason, you do make some good points. I think um, you don't need to have you don't need to have mongrel overtly or publicly as a coach to be successful. I think that's a misnomer. He needs to be strong and hard and forceful with his players behind the scenes. He needs to get his message across, but I don't think he, he needs to display mongrel or be overtly celebrating. It's, it's even, about his personality. For, but even for the fans? No, though, I don't I mean, think so, Carlos. I really don't. I mean, I, I think that's with, overblown to me. With the disappointing thing with what Jason said, and this was my biggest worry from a football point of view and from Australian football point of view, because I don't barrack for Melbourne City or Melbourne Victory. Not like Vinny and Warren who put their you know, their, their colours out there for everyone to see. I don't barrack for either. I barrack for the game, mm. right? No. It's what's good for the game. You're a and lover so, of the game. I am it's a lover so of the game. pathetic, Carlos. I'm a lover uh, of the game. Just let me finish, okay? I would thought I just, was talking, but that's Just right. let me finish. Let me finish interrupting you, okay? <laughs> now, the, the issue with, um, uh, with Jason, you, you mentioned right at the start of what he was, had to say that 
It's just Melbourne Heart in disguise. That is a, that's my biggest nightmare because that is a huge hurdle for Melbourne City to jump. And everyone's going to keep on going back to you know, the failures of Melbourne Heart, the per- perception that they were, they were soft, there was a soft un- underbelly there, that they crumbled under pressure. And that's what people, with the hundreds of SMSs we're getting at the moment, especially Victory fans, they keep on going back to that. Now, the only way that can be changed is by the club winning games in a dominant manner and game after game. That's the only way it can be done, and that's what John Van Skip was saying. We just have to, we just have to do this ourselves. We can't be mm. asking for help from anyone. And, uh, and for me, that's the most disappointing thing, that they haven't been able to shake off the perception that they are the old Melbourne heart. Mm. And even with David Villa and Damien Duff in the team, they haven't been able to do it. Four games into the season. Yeah, there's probably a couple of things. Carlos, you made a point to me at the start of the season that said that um, Melbourne Heart had actually signed a majority of their team of players from last season to this season. Mm. They didn't have a lot of room to move with players that they were going to bring in. So they were going to carry a large number of players from last season into this season. The only thing that I would say is different. They're four games in. They've lost the last two games in disappointing fashion, but they actually fought back in the first two games to get results. One away from home, one at home. They dominated against Newcastle. I know dominated and didn't win, but they came back from a goal down. The one thing that I will say for, for City fans out there, and I am one, I don't think there's going to be any tolerating mediocrity. There will be a sense of letting to see what plays out, but Melbourne City, under the brand of the city conglomerate of teams, they're not going to cop mediocrity. They will do something about it. If it means the coach goes, the coach goes. If it means... There's a time for the coach to go now? No. No. No, I agree. I agree. They won't accept it. You know, it's it's an interesting uh, situation here. Like, you've got someone, the likes of Duff, in your squad, and he's here to stay for the whole season. And he's not a journeyman, but he's he's played at the top level, and he knows how to do things. And I, and I wonder whether – I remember hearing a story, I think, a couple of seasons ago when Del Piero had started and he, he came in after a game and he ripped into everyone just saying, you know, what's, what's this and you, you're not training hard enough and, and you're too soft. And he, he spat the dummy to shake him up. And I, and I wonder whether uh, City needs someone like a Duff who's got the credentials to, to lead. But he may not have the personality for that. Even the great players yes. don't, have, don't necessarily have that – that personality for that. Well, this is a problem. Mm. It is disappointing, though, that David Villa didn't stick around. Oh, that, yeah, that's, really, and, that's really, yeah. And, you know, when you're a guest, yeah. you want to thank the I people know. that invited you. Yeah, that's I right. don't know. I, I, yeah. Eating my food. Exactly. Yeah. We roll yeah. out the red carpet. That's right. We love you. Yes. What do we, what we, we learnt? And I wouldn't mind getting our listeners to get, contribute to this. What do we learnt from the, I mean, we couldn't get a better uh, pedigreed or credentialed guest player ever, really. I mean, with David Villa. He's, he wasn't at the end of his career. He still could play at the top level anyway. What do we learn about guest players from this? No, uh, this, this uh, we could yeah, answer yeah. that question later on, but that's one that I'd love to address. Well, Adelaide had Romario. So yeah, but he was finished. Before, before we go to a break, let's go to Rob, who's been hanging on from Preston, wants to talk about City's game style. Thanks, Rob. Uh, uh, firstly, uh, you're talking about Bruce's. Uh, there's one at Hull City at the moment. Isn't his father... By the name of Steve Bruce and the centre half. Uh, <laughs> yeah, good one. Almost good one. Yes. Well, we'll talk yeah, about Christian uh, names, though, Rob. Clever. Uh, well, you got to think outside the box. That's no, true. I, you I, do. I was I was at the game tonight, and what disappointed me is like, especially when Adelaide were trying playing it out the back, that we didn't put enough pressure on them. Like the Ganjits is running side to side, yep. and 
doing doggies and Villa's on the on the on the right and uh, Duff on the left. And our midfield three just got slaughtered. And mm. it was a bit like in the, uh, the victory game as well. Like there was periods when when City or when we had the ball, we looked good. But there's periods when the, the, we just go missing. And I think the formation that we play is uh, just doesn't suit our style because. You know, you got Madoka that runs all day. Uh, Pardalu, which I agree, has come back a worse player than when he when he left. And and Moyes is a bit creative. I think you need, you know, I need the formation should be four four two. And you know, maybe with Josh Kennedy there, and if you had Veer up front, it gives them more space. But I think it's just really disappointing that every every point that's been made tonight has been right. That you could go through each player, and the only one we haven't missed is uh, Willert. That yep. you know. That we, we've gone through all of them, we've bagged all of them, and and it's disappointing. But I think it's the, the structure that they play that is totally wrong for for the players that we've got. And Dia on the left, and I think you're talking about guest players. I think the more guest players of that quality we have, is better for the league. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. But if your team is not performing well or playing without confidence, you need all of them to do the pressing, for example. You mentioned the pressing there, Rob. Um, you can't have, if you're playing a pressing game, especially a team against an Adelaide team, you can't have two of them going and one of them not. You know, it, it just throws out the midfield. And you said the midfield got slaughtered because of that. And, you know, once your midfield gets slaughtered against a side like Adelaide, suddenly they're going to stretch you back four too. So, uh, yeah, you know, a guest player is fantastic. And we saw glimpses even tonight of, of how good David Villa is. But, if it's going to affect the collective, um, and I, I sort of disagree. I don't think I'm hammering individuals tonight. I'm, oh, no. I'm focusing on the collective. I, I think as a collective, they that's where the issue is, whether it's a confidence, whether, you know, uh, John Vensky can't get the best out of the collective. I don't, I don't know what it is. But as a collective, they're not operating to a level that's going to dominate games. That's their problem. Oh, absolutely. I think Rob mentioned that uh, tonight every pl- just about every player has been mentioned, so it is all about the connect- collective. Let's take a break and come back with more of your calls on the Four Diego's here on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. I'm pleased to announce that the knee surgery on our star striker was a complete success. Unfortunately... The lobotomy failed. This has been a sad coaching moment. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diegos. Yes, we're here on a Friday night after the uh, Melbourne City and Adelaide United game. Adelaide United defeated uh, Melbourne City 2-1. Kisnorbo scored for City uh, in the ninth minute. Jitte then scored in the 38th and Karuska put them away in the 80th minute with a penalty in front of 13,083 at Amy Park. Uh, looked like a good atmosphere there. Um, we've been talking on the Bon Voyage hotline on <laughs> 94291116 and Trevor in Bulleen wants to talk about the coaches' tactics. G'day, Trevor. Welcome to the show. Yeah, hi. Yeah, how are you going? Good, thank um, you. I guess uh, I'm just driving back from the game and um, I'm like, uh, I've been there from day one. I've always liked to support the underdog. The positives I take out of it is City Group, 13,000 from last year when we're getting probably an average of 7,000. Yeah, that's good. Honey, honeymoon period is definitely need to be over. The guys, everyone on the pitch needs to be put on notice, even the coach, that the honeymoon period is over and a job needs to be done. Because, you know, my, my, the way I look at things is when you've got money like the City Group have, they can bankroll every player in there. They'll put everyone on notice. If they don't like the coach, he's gone. Someone else coming in. If they don't like two or three players, 
they're gone and someone else will come in and do the job. And the same thing can happen with Chelsea, with Roman Abramovich. Simply, how many turnover coaches they have because simply they don't win championships or Champions League or FA Cup, they're gone. So I think that's what's going to happen when the, um, the board or the city group uh, get together. If they don't put in... Every player and every, every, every person on that park, on and off the park, should be put on notice that they need to win games because they have to look at this year... Over 10,000 members, I'm, I'm a member, I've joined, I've bring my kids to the game. If they don't perform, I'm not going to go. You know, as simple as that. On you, Trevor. I mean, it's heartfelt. That's the sort of thing that uh, I would expect all City fans, true City fans, to feel right now. And you've got every right to feel it, mate. Well well uh, said. Thanks for your call, uh, Trevor. Let's go to Billy in Pakenham. Uh, wants to talk about uh, all talk, no action at City. G'day, Trevor. Hey, Billy. Hey, young boys. Look, I agree with Trevor and, and a lot of the stuff that a lot of blokes have said tonight. You keep serving that sort of football up on the field and you're not going to sell any more memberships. Because of my young bloke tonight, we had a ball in terms of, you know, we sat, we were close to the, to, to the play, got to see some superstars up, uh, up close and their class just oozed. And if, and I, I think, I think the reality is that if, if, if Melbourne don't do anything with, with the VIA and and the dust stuff they've got. It's like the way they play. Missed opportunities, missed opportunities, missed opportunities. It was just... Their class was fantastic, but that was the only highlight in what was a pretty ordinary night, I reckon. Yes, yeah, so when you've got guys like that on the pitch, everyone's got to show up, don't they, Warren? Yeah, they do, Vinny. Just as in any group of people performing at any activity, they all need to turn up at the one time. But... I'm going to say this again. They, unlike the previous two years, it won't be copped. Changes will be made. Personnel, both on and off the park. Because Melbourne City, or the City group, have bought Melbourne City to be a showcase team. They're expecting all their teams to be competitive and showcase teams for the cities that they're in. And it won't be tolerated. And I'm not sure how that will play out. And for those fans and... I'm one of them, you know, who go along and I enjoy going along and would have been there tonight. I expect something better, but I'm going to be a little bit more patient. Let's come to victory, Warren. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go to Stephen Hurstbridge. Uh, wants to talk about City's play, playing list. G'day, Steve. G'day, guys. Geez, I'd hate to be uh, John Van Ship on Monday morning having to uh, take that, uh, you know, the City Group phone call. The management meeting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, trying to explain uh, why he failed uh, again on... Uh, on, on Friday night. Hey, um, look, I, I've been a, a member from the beginning. Um, I actually got a mate of mine and his kids to be members this year. And we were we were walking back from the game, and I've got my little, you know, my little um, Android um, soccer app open, and we're looking at the very list. modern. And uh, and we just thought, what have we got in the midfield? I mean, apart from Madoka, who's tiny and as energetic as, well, probably the most energetic I thought tonight. Um, it, it appeared to me, I mean, I don't know what you guys saw from where you were sitting, but it appeared as though every time the ball was passed to the middle of the park, the City players actually ran away from us. And I'm thinking, we need an Engelar or a Sabon back. We need a, a, a big, strong, you know, midfield general, someone who can actually hold the ball up because we just, we can't get it forward and we're forced to go to the flanks. And it's just so predictable. You can see it coming a mile away. And, yeah, like I said, my mate and I, we were just kind of making our way through, um, you know, the, the list of players that are, uh, you know, nominated as being midfield players. 
And I don't know if we've actually got anyone. So we're screwed until we can fix that problem, I reckon. Yeah, look, I think uh, Moy is an interesting purchase that you've got. I think that he's the sort of guy that perhaps you're looking for to, to create more opportunities, whereas, uh, you know, Madoka's a guy who runs around and gets the ball back and, and he's very industrious. So maybe Moy needs a little bit more time to, to do what he needs to, to do to help that team move forward. I don't know. Thanks for your call there, Steve. Uh, we've got another hour of... Uh... Diego's final whistle to go. So let's take a break on the night that Adelaide's, Adelaide United defeated Melbourne City 2-1. This is the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Moment by the Four Diego's. He deals the cards as a meditation. Awesome! 20 yards out! That is a jewel from On 1116 SEN, the Four Diegos. Yes, it is the Four Diegos final whistle here on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport, on a night where Adelaide United defeated Melbourne City 2 1 in front of 13,083 people at Amy Park. It was a tough night for Melbourne City. Kiz Norbo scored in the ninth minute, and it was all fantastic uh, up until then. But then uh, Bruce Jitte scored after a beautiful bit of play oh, from Adelaide United. Fantastic Isn't he in a rich vein? He's in a rich vein. Very, uh, very self-deprecating guy. I really yes. like this guy, and hopefully we can uh, get him uh, to talk to at some point. And uh, Karuska scored in the 80th minute with a penalty, a dubious penalty at that Warren Diego. Yeah, no, one thing I will say about Adelaide, for all the... For all the excitement around Karuska, and he is playing well, I think Bruce Jitte's constant mm. presence in the Adelaide team is probably the most important factor in the way that they've started this season. We know that Bruce Jitte is has always had great amounts of potential, but he's been he's been almost Australia's man of chalk in many <laughs> ways in terms of he's been very injury prone. Mm. That's really stifled his development and his really struggled to get any continuity. I think in terms of the group of strikers that we have to select from in the next generation of players, he's probably the equal of all of them if he's able to play regularly. Now, he's a guy that is a bit like Bernie Abini who got trialled and maybe didn't quite make it and then's fallen out of favour and been injured. And then he went overseas and, like many players, came back through lack of opportunity. I think... um, he would. I think he's been the first to say that he doesn't deserve a Socceroos call-up at the moment. But his timing's beautiful if he can actually put some games together. He was unplayable tonight. Yeah, he's good. Mm. And he's a, he's, he looks confident. He's got a bit of aggro in him. He's, uh... and, and by the way, if you haven't seen the goal, I mean, obviously people listening may have watched it on TV, or, but if you haven't seen the goal, get on YouTube or wherever they play it these days. And have a look at this goal. I actually stood up and applauded when I saw well, it. Tariq Elridge. Fantastic um, cross, cross in. Just whipped beautiful. it in there. Yep. But the power of the header. Yeah. It was just fantastic. Was. And you're a real striker if you can score goals with your head like that. Running to, the, with, running to the near post. And goals yeah. with his feet like you scored yeah. a couple of weeks yeah. ago. You've uh, been calling us tonight on 9429-1116. It is the Bon Voyage hotline. And uh, Bon Voyage means a lot of things tonight, <laughs> Penny, doesn't it? Yes, by the sound of some of those city um, Absolutely. callers. 
Well, let's go to our calls because we've got a few lining up here. Ryan in Keysborough has been very patient and wants to talk about the goalkeeper, Andrew Redmayne. G'day, Ryan, and welcome to the show. Uh, g'day, boys. How are we? Yeah, uh, good. Good. Yeah, so, so I just wanted to talk about two... I, I know you uh, you didn't want to shoot on a, uh, the individual players, but I, I will shoot on two, two yeah. indi- individual players tonight. And, and uh, the first one's Andrew Redmayne. He... He has technical problems. He gets beaten near side always. And the three goals, uh, the first two goals against the victory uh, last week was him, uh, him, uh, him protecting that near side. And good, good keepers don't let that ball go through. Good keepers don't let that ball boggle up. And even tonight, the, the first one, he was, he went to block the near side goal at where. A good keep, a good keeper, goes goes more centrally. Yeah, but Ryan, that was a great goal. I mean, really, I, oh, I would yeah, have, I would have challenged like, any keeper in the world to try oh, and no, save he, that. He, and I, I, I agree. No, he, he, he was never going to save that goal. Hmm. But his movement, first movement, is near side rather than towards the middle of the goal. Yeah. Look, yeah. look, I, I don't disagree that at times his handling is not as sure as it should be. Um, I, I, you know, I get disappointed for a guy that they obviously rate highly because they, if you remember, they retired Clint Bolton uh, for Andrew Redmayne. So obviously they, they rate him quite highly there, but he doesn't seem to dominate his box the way some really, really good A-League t- uh, keepers will. I mean, the Galekovic's, uh, Theo's, Kovic. Uh, even Vukovic, these sort of players really dominate their boxes. So uh, that's one thing that Andrew Redmayne has not been able to get to that next level. And I just wonder how, how long it's going to take for Tando Valapi to get his chance again. I always liked Tando. I always, think, always thought that he has a lot of ability and he's shown it in patches. Uh, obviously, he has a problem with consistency. Otherwise, he'd be playing more at the top level. But it may well be time where they might consider him to have a chance uh, but obviously they rate Andrew Redmayne highly because they, they've had him in there and even when he's had a few spills here and there, that uh, they've kept him in the side. Thanks for your call there, Ryan. Um, we've got an Adelaide United player uh, ready to talk to the Diego. He's got a, only three or four minutes yep. of his time. It's young Awo Mobile. G'day, hey. Awo. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Oh, look, it's our pleasure. Hey, firstly, congratulations on a great win tonight. And your own form tonight was, was fantastic. Congratulations from the Four Diegos. How does the team feel in the dressing room after the game? Yeah, um, we've got a massive confidence now. So we're united as one. And after the game, everyone was really happy. So we've got a good team atmosphere now. So really enjoying it. Now, uh, it's Carlos. Uh, what I really want to know is, did you get a chance to kiss Joseph Gombel on the forehead this week? <laughs> no, nah, I didn't, actually. I didn't score, so... No, but still, <laughs> I'm surely in the change rooms afterwards, you you know, you want to keep in, good, in the good books with the coach, kiss him every week after the game. Nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, Vinny Venezuela here. Joseph Gombel, everyone... I know in the media just uh, marvels at how well he's uh, kept that, this group together and tight. Is there anything in particular that he does uh, to to unite the Adelaide United players? Yeah, he, um, he's a coach and he's also like a father to most of us because he, um, he's got that, you know, man management where you feel comfortable talking to him about anything. It doesn't have to be football, anything you have problem with he will talk to you and that just bring the boys together and we've got a good good bunch of boys 
and the coach really, really helps unite us together. Hey, well, Warren Diego here. Um, a lot of people are talking about Karuska and how well he's playing. To me, having Bruce Jitte fit and firing for you guys is such an important part of your game. He's a he's a box striker. He can score goals with his feet. He comes up the field to receive and distribute the ball to the likes of you. You're forming a good partnership with him, but he's a really important player to you guys. Yeah, Jitte is a really, really important player for us. And I think he's really, really doing well this season. So I think this year is going to get a lot of goals because we've got a good good service around him. We've got players like Kruska who can have the killer pass to, you know, open up the defense and stuff like that. So I think Bruce is really key to he holds up the balls for us and bring the wingers and Kruska into play, myself, the other wingers. So we really enjoy having him because he would benefit a lot off him uh, when he what he does with the ball protects it for us. Now, one thing I've noticed is obviously you're you're a supremely talented young man, very technically gifted. Uh, We had another boy who I only saw for the first time tonight, uh, Bruce uh, Kamau, who actually came on for you. He's in a similar vein. Tell us how how thrilling it must be for you every day where you turn up to training and play games on the weekend when you're playing with the likes of Thirio, uh, SAS, uh, Karuska, these sort of players who just love holding onto the ball, creative types who can really work to your skills. How, how easy it is, is it for a young player like you to, to actually develop in that environment? Yeah, with players like this in the team, um, it makes it easier for me because they get the ball to me easy so I can do myself you know what I do best is just taking out defenders and creating chances and when I have these players around me it's easier for me to you know express myself because they're doing all the hard work to get the ball to me and anyone up front and really I'm learning a lot from everyone and especially Sirio is he's doing amazing this year as well so I'm trying to a training trying to keep an eye out from <laughs> what he does because he's in my position so I'm just trying to learn as much as I can. Awa, we know that your journey to playing professional football hasn't been very much the same as lots of other players. And I know you really wanted to become a professional footballer, I think, from watching the 2006 World Cup. I'm just wondering, late in the game, when you were one-on-one with David Villa and (laughs) he got around you and, and that there's the competitive edge where you're actually wanting to really beat the guy... You won and you're all excited. You must almost pinch yourself that you're on the same field as this guy, actually playing against that guy. It must be an amazing feeling for you based on the journey that you've had to come into professional football. Yeah, I'm just, I try not to think about it on the pitch, but off the pitch, I'm like, can't believe I'm playing against Davia, who 2010, he's scoring goals for fun in the World Cup. And I was just sitting there watching him start. Really, I feel like I'm in a dream, but I can't be dreaming on the pitch too much because it can just it can kill you like that and then score goals. Uh, today I could have I, I had the ball off him, but yeah, he managed to you know with his experience get it back off me. So yeah. we, we thought you had him. To, we, yeah. we thought we thought you had him there for a, a second there, Awa. But uh, we know you're short on time tonight, and uh, hey, we just want to uh, say thank you for your time and congratulations. We love watching 
Adelaide United. There's a lot of Melbourne City uh, supporters that didn't tonight, but uh, to the neutral, keep it going because uh, you know Adelaide United are, are looking like uh, one of the big threats for, for the Premiership this season. Congratulations, and we appreciate your time. Thank you very much. There's uh, Awa Mabia, one of the young guns for Adelaide United. Good to talk to him. Um, we're still taking calls on the Bon Voyage hotline, as we have <laughs> been all night on 94291116. And James from Preston uh, wants to talk about Melbourne City's disappointing performance. G'day, James. Thanks for holding. Yeah, g'day, guys. How are you going? Yeah, good, mate. That's good. Uh, look, um, I just I want to say I was at the game. I'm just on my way home now. Um, you know, we can we can blame everybody, we can point the finger, but I think the recruiting hasn't been good enough. Simple as that. We we lack quality in all uh, in all areas of the field. Um, you know, starting from defence, we've got we've got experience there, but we lack pace. Um, the fullbacks, you know, where we're getting caught out every single week, and even against Victory, uh, it was more that we gifted Victory the game rather than held on to it. Um, you know, momentum was there at the start. We could have held on to it with a bit of confidence. I think the confidence is lacking, but you know, our midfield we, we don't have we've got Moy who's 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 a great player. Um but other than that I I think we struggle in midfield. I think we struggle in all areas of the park and unless something's done, um, you know, I I can't see any improvements. I think we're gonna to continue to struggle. You know, I um I sort of see where you're coming from, but I've got to say, the game against Sydney, you guys were all over Sydney in that first half, and, and the same with Newcastle. You didn't penetrate and, and finish enough, and I think that's that's part of the problem. You, you, the back line has let, let you down a wee bit, but you, your defenders have been scoring for you. That's got to be a plus. And uh, I don't know. There's something missing, and I think you'll find... They'll find their mojo again. There, there is still quality in that squad, uh, and I think you got to you got to have a little bit of hope. Yeah, I think um, for me though, fullback, a fullback and a striker. I mean, Ian Ramsey came to has come to the club, and they've tried to really do a Jason Hoffman and, and turn him into a fullback, and that hasn't worked. He was clearly, you know, taken to the cleaners by Costa Barbarousas last week. That really led. To the, to the leakage of goals, particularly in that second half. And I would have thought a striker, I'm not sure what type of striker. They're obviously going to go for the likes of a Josh Kennedy, you know, when they're able to get him from January the 1st, which he's not just a, you know, a, a striker that scores with his head. He's pretty good with yeah, but, the ball but at if, his feet. if David Villa can't score... But they're score, not playing him as a striker, are oh, they, Sorry, well, he can score, but he, will, he, he hasn't been peppering the goals. And Damien Duff is another one who hasn't been peppering the goals. What, you expect Josh Kennedy to come in and start no, no, scoring goals? No, that's not what I'm saying if you were listening. <laughs> well, you I were talking about Josh Kennedy. they to Ken- have a striker at the start of the but season. It's, it's obviously on, not a striking problem. It's not a striking problem. You've got David Villa in your team. You've got he, Damien I Duff in your team. a striker. Yeah, but that's not your problem. I there are a couple of occasions of where... Issues, we're, yes. not, we're not even creating the chances... To be able to give these strikers a chance I think to score goals. In, in fact, if you look at the number of chances David Villa's had in the three and a half games he's played, his conversion rate's pretty good because mm. he hasn't had a lot of chances. I, I would argue when you've got a David Villa in your team and a Damien Duff in your team, uh, your forward, the quality of your forwards, uh, what teams all around the world would be crying out for, there is something else wrong with that team. As a collective, they don't have enough confidence uh, or that belief that we're talking about to be able to uh, dominate games. It just shows you can have the best player in the world in your team, 
but you're not going to win games regularly if the rest of the team is not up to it for some reason. Yes, absolutely. The um, Bon Voyage hotline, 9429-1116. Just a quick cricket score. Pakistan of five for 554. <laughs> That's a fair score. In the first innings in uh, Abu Dhabi. Um, Yunus Khan scored a, a double century. Misbah Huck, another 100. Let's go to Max in Essendon. Uh, wants to talk about Melbourne City and uh, David Veer. G'day, Max. Welcome to the show. Hey, boys. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. Oh, I went to the game. Not, not, not impressed second half again. <laughs> First half last week against victory, couldn't be happier. Second half, couldn't keep possession. Same That's... this week, same last week, same the week before. And Via last week didn't look happy. This week didn't look happy. His morale is, it's low. If and he he's gone from playing La Liga, Champions League, World Cup, winning the World Cup Euros. To this, where and he, and he won't be used to it as well. Uh, and the team didn't adapt to the way he played. Randbane played horrible. Because Norbo, I can't say much about him. Garuccio, he did an alright job, Garuccio. Hoffman, can't say much. Ramsey won't get any more games, I reckon, from this season. He'll start, like, two more games, but not many games anymore. And then once Corrin comes back, out goes Mendoka. So... It's Bon Voyage to quite a few of them there, Max. That's right. It is the Bon Voyage. Maxi, is it fair to say you're not happy? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, Max, just one question for you if you're still on the line there. You're talking about David Villa's body language, not being happy. Yeah. What responsibility has David Villa got uh, as a guest player... Uh, being paid pretty well as a professional footballer. He's played over 500 games at the top level. We know his quality. Uh, what, I mean, do we have to tickle him to make him happy? <laughs> what, do we, what do we have to do to make him happy? I mean, he's, the team was never going to gel with the way he, um, you know, the way he does it, the way he, he rolls out his football, even after 10 games. He's, he's coming to a, a lesser league in the A-League. He would have known all that. Yeah. So this whole thing about him being happy for me, you know... There is a responsibility to the player himself. If if he if in fact he's not happy, he may have been really joyous inside. I don't know the guy, right? But from all reports, uh, you know, again he just walked straight down the tunnel after the game and didn't really, given it was going to be his last game, didn't really uh, address the crowd at all, which is a little bit sad if that's the case. Uh, but you know, I, this whole thing about professional footballers not being happy, you know, they've got to have a good reason not to be happy. To tell you the truth. You just have to go to the ATM and uh, yeah, right. check their bank bank balance. They, they, that would make them very happy, I, I would expect. Well, Max is hurting. I mean, clearly, yeah. you know, there's a young bloke who, who loves his club, uh, is hurting, and pretty much summarised uh, all the calls and text messages we've, he's, we've got. He's just drawn a red line through a lot of names yeah, on his little... Uh, it's Bon Voyage, right? It's Bon Voyage for Max. Can I just say, with the Veer thing, I think he has been worth it in the sense that he's, he's provided quality on the park. He's scored some goals, and he's actually... Had when he's gotten the ball, been dangerous and and had cracks and brought out some saves from keepers. So I think that in many ways that part of the project was good. I think that he, the reliance on him or there, there wasn't anything to counterbalance so that it shouldn't just be Via scoring up front. Duffy should be getting into the action. Deganzich should have been. Their other prongs have been impotent and that's what's hurt them as well. I think Via's done his job. Vinny, I know that uh, 
Del Piero spent a lot of time in the boot of your car. Yeah, he did <laughs> because you didn't want to. You don't want to let him go back to Italy, right? Still got the claw marks I, I know, on but inside. one of the big, you know, from inside the camp, I'm going to I'm going to sort of divulge something from inside the Sydney camp. Ooh. There was a lot of issues uh, from a coaching perspective about having Del Piero in that side mm. if you wanted to play a collective pressing game. There's no way he was going to press anyone. And the minute you don't have someone in your attacking third that's going to go put pressure on a defender and do their bit, uh, it's, all, it's all over. And these days, the modern type of football is that you've got to press all over the field. And, you know, maybe the frustration that, that we see of John Van Skip, maybe the lack of faith some of these players have got is that they've got a player in their side who's clearly a guy who's a legend, but he was never going to play as part of a unit. And maybe that has gone through the club. And having said that, by the way, you know, when you're playing for your life, playing for your career, which some of these players are doing, you shouldn't let that get to you either. You should just go go ahead and do stuff. So I don't know. It, yeah, but I don't think he he wasn't playing. I don't think he was playing like that. I thought he, he didn't was, chase back much. No, no, he wasn't. He, when he, he lost the ball, a bit. no, no, oh. no, no, never a track back. Never. But yeah. it's not the tracking back. It's actually the, the 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 initial pressure when everyone pressures at the same time. Yeah. And maybe that's the thing that look. You'd have to ask John Van Skip, and I'm sure he wouldn't tell us. But uh, but there's. There's some unhappiness there, and it may have stemmed from that. A couple of text messages here. Ooh, Engela has left a big <laughs> hole in the midfield, um, GG in Greensboro. Hi, guys. Fantastic coverage of the A-League. Uh, we're pretty proud of that on SEN with the call and also you know, having you on our show um, on a, after the game. Thanks sincerely as a fan of 40 years of Aussie football. I'm a Sydney visitor who was at the game tonight. Tempo is the key. City, uh, Sydney FC of two years ago. Huff and no puff. Van Skip has to find fast tempo players uh, now. Jim in Sydney. Thanks Can for I throw another little adjective? Confident fast tempo mm. players. Let's go to Nick in Hawthorne. Wants to talk about the list and maybe have a bit of a different take on the Melbourne City list. G'day, Nick. Yeah, you guys, good to speak to you. How you doing? Good, yeah, really good. Good, good mate. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, Matt, you had Max on before and he's pretty much run a line through everyone on the City <laughs> list. Yep. And, and as much as I enjoy his passion and I agree with him about Via, I don't think Via wants to be there, but he's going, so let's move on. Um, I mean, you had a bloke on earlier who spotted the midfield. You've got Eric Pardalou who won everything with Brisbane. You've got Madoka who won everything with Brisbane. You've got Moy who won with Wanderers. And he's quality. We've got quality all over the park. And I think it's just the boys, like you say, they're lacking confidence. They're lacking tempo. And they're just not creating chances. We, we kept the ball for 45 minutes against Sydney. We created one or two clear-cut chances in the first round. I just don't think the boys are, you know, they're not gelling as a unit. And, and there were people at the game today going for refunds at full time. Mm. If you're going to be like that, go find another bandwagon because it's not going to happen straight away. Yeah, good on you, Nick. I think that's a really good point, and I agree with you. If you go through the individuals, um, and even if you, if you put a GPS on them or whatever you put on these days to measure their work rate, you'd probably find a lot of them worked really, really hard. Mm. And Van Skip said, these guys aren't, aren't lazy. They're, not, they're actually working really hard. It's, it's, it's faith, it's confidence, and it's a collective. You know, people were bagging Pardalou before, but Pardalou was, for me, with Broich and Barisha, probably one of the three players that won Brisbane their titles. He was so important to them. He so was what's, getting forward a bit more with Brisbane and scoring some some key goals. But geez, in his he was day. he was a great player. He was like the best in his position I in Australia for many years, and he's got to find that from somewhere. And whether it's again the whole team somehow working with him to do that. I'm not sure, but that's, that's where John Van Skip has to earn his money. Rocky 3, Carlos. He's got to watch <laughs> Rocky 3. 
You know this boat that's leaving the shore that no one wants to be on at the moment on the Bomb Voyage hotline? Mm-hmm. It could, in two weeks' time, this could be the love boat. And you be. know, I could be Meryl Steubing, you know? Because <laughs> everyone will be back on board. Be more like Julie. <laughs> who was no. the guy who used to welcome them all onto the boat? The, the, the person. Gopher. The, gopher. Yeah. What was gopher. his name? Gopher. Gopher. Was it? The dopey guy. I don't know. He was the one who mentioned there was the recreation people bleeding out there, and you're talking about the love boat. And you're one of people bleeding listening to us right now. No, I'm not wanting answers. I'm boy. They're they're wanting answers, and you are talking about the love boat. Some of these people, I'm drawing a line through some of these people that are not. You're with Nick. There you go. They can't hop on board. When the when city can start wedding, I'm Nick, telling you, Nick has challenged those people anyway. This is what they need. This is what this is what uh, Melbourne City Exciting needs. They do. They need a little but bit of love. They should have actually played this at half time in the change rooms. Yes. On this note, uh, it is the Bon Voyage Hotline, <laughs> eleven sixteen SEN, Melbourne's home of sport and uh, old television shows. <laughs> Come back with more of the Diego's after this. Let it flow. It floats back to you. If your club has a coach who is a liar, a cheat, and a no good, low down, dirty rat, it looks to me like you've got yourself a winning coach. This has been a profound coaching moment by the four Diego's. You can't find the words to say. On 1116 SEN, the four Diego's. Yes, it is the four Diego's final whistle when Adelaide United defeated Melbourne City 2-1 in front of 13,083 people at Amy Park. Uh, Kisnorbo scored first for Melbourne City in the ninth minute. Jite then scored a beauty in the 38th and Karuska put uh, Melbourne City away with an 80th minute penalty. Uh, interesting stuff there. We've had the uh, Bon Voyage hotline all <laughs> night and it's uh, been going off and also your text messages. Uh, we'll go through a few. Uh, love you guys, but two things. Thanks for the love. Um, I'm, there's a seriously big but there. How was Melbourne City favourites tonight? And last week, City gave up. So, no, don't say that the score last week didn't reflect the game, Warren. By the uh, way, we're individuals here. That was Warren who said yeah, and I'm, that st- garbage. I'm, st- I'm not going to walk away from the fact that I don't think Oh, the last 20 minutes was one-sided, but up until that point, I don't think there was much between I the I was teams. expecting them to come out much stronger this week yeah. because of the loss last week, mm. and they didn't come out stronger. I've seen them play better first halves, and they went in uh, at halftime, and they didn't. They certainly didn't come out any better after the, whatever happened at halftime. Position's not everything, Vinny, but apparently it was 63% to whatever, 37% in that first half, to Adelaide's favour. Bon voyage, Jonathan uh, Germano's legs, always a talent on the pitch. His mm. body just isn't there, poor bloke, says yeah, By the way, they've missed him, you know, Germano. Mm. Yep. Uh, but, but having him at full back, though, wouldn't have helped them much. I would have liked to have seen him play a midfield role. Bon voyage, uh, Massimo Murdoco. Great <laughs> bloke, workhorse, but doesn't have the passing creativity or ability to pull the trigger someone you put the right, in his position. You, you put, put the right people play around, around him, Mass, he'll be fine, but he can't do it himself. JVS is a great youth team coach, but isn't cutthroat enough at senior level. Time to move him on. Well, you know, John Van Skip, when he came in after John, uh, John Aloisi was sacked last week, nearly got this team into the finals from the bottom place. So the guy can coach. Yeah. Right? Um, Something, but it's his job to find out what's going on there and to make some moves because, as Warren, uh, it's rare 
that I uh, agree with Warren, very rare. In fact, it's like almost incredibly impossible for me to do this. But, but I agree that, uh, that the city group will be ruthless if, uh, if there's much more of this. Uh, but I don't believe it's time for John Van Skip to go, but it's his job to fix it. And I'm pretty sure from his post-match interview, he knows that too. Outclassed by a top three team tonight. Passing was terrible and let the team down. Struggled to hold the ball. But Eugene made two big saves on Veer's shots. Uh, had they hit the net, who knows? Confidence comes with goals. GG in Greensboro. True. Let's go to Mark in Sydenham. Wants to talk about uh, David Veer. G'day, Mark, and welcome to the show. How are you, guys? Yes. Um, just want to analyse a little. I've watched every game bar the Derby. Couldn't make it. Um, and I'm an inaugural member. Now, I heard a bit about John Aloisi there. I was going to sort of mention that. Last year, everyone wanted his throat. Um, and then now we're talking about Van Skip a little bit. The coach is the head, of the head of the side. Me being a coach in the Victorian leagues, I'd say Villa's played out of position. I don't know what the situation is. I'm not in the, I'm not in the change room, so I can't sort of see what's going on. But wouldn't a person of his calibre and quality that can skin a player any time be dead set up front? He can hold the ball. He can be fed. And I'd have Williams and Dugandic, or I'd have Ramsey. I know we've got a back problem as well, but that's, again, someone mentioned our recruiting. That's our recruiting problem. We should have had another defender or two to shore up our defence because Hoffman's doing quite well considering. I don't care what anyone says. I think he's playing quite well. Um, Villa doesn't chase bats. I think, the, I think their first goal was partly to do with his chasing back. And I think Garuccio was on at the time and he was left sort of in no man's land because people were saying, oh, he was out of position. But if you've got another defender coming up, then what's Garuccio supposed to do? Who's he supposed to take? He's caught in no man's land. And that's just how football happens. So I think Villa, uh, Villa, however you want to say his name, he's a great player. Don't get me wrong. He he touched the ball, skins a player, awesome touches. But you have to be a defender if you're a winger when you're you're playing a 4-3-3 because we do play a 4-3-3. And up front, I don't see Williams... Or Zagandic as a main centre striker. I'd have Duff up there, and I'd have now I'd have Duff up there, and I'd have Williams and Zagandic or whoever you feel's playing good at the time. Um, geez, with with some of the midfield, who says Madoka's not good enough? Madoka works like a dog. He mm. works like an absolute dog in the middle. Um, Partsalu, someone said he's won everything with Brisbane. Well, he he hasn't done a great great deal yet with um, City. Um, and Moy, he's good, but, you know, Germano would be better in there, to tell you the truth. So anyone can say whatever they want, but it's Van Sch- Oh, the other thing is, someone spoke about Redmay earlier. Well, get Redmay off and give Valapi a go. That's simple as that. You set the, um, as a coach, you set the standard. So if the standard's not being met, change it. Well, I think uh, a lot of good points there, Mark, and uh, and I, you know, you well thought out points. Uh, the the three that you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Germano, uh, you also mentioned, uh, I think Williams at one stage, and also you talked about them being a, a defender short. Well, Connor Chapman, they picked up a young kid from Newcastle Jets who I rate really highly. I think he's a fantastic ball playing centre half. He's got, you know, a, a big future ahead of him. He came in, he got injured. Uh, you've got Germano who's been injured. I mean, Germano, they hardly lose when Germano's in that side and he plays full 90 minutes. He's injured. David Williams last week, uh, he, uh, I'm not sure whether he got, he got he injured sick during the, before. He got sick before the game, didn't play. And, uh, and obviously he, he was still struggling this week for him not to start. So, you know, three, three sort of players that can make a difference. 
uh, haven't and been able Corrin to play. As well. And Corrin, yeah. I mean, they're four guys that would make a hell of a difference to that side. They've, they'd be four starting players that would add to that team. And someone like Corrin, I mean, a player like him with his background and his professionalism, playing so many times for Slovenia and being captain of Hull and so forth, there's no way that guy, he'd be super professional. And with him and Duff, I mean, it would make a hell of a difference to that side. So that might answer a couple of uh, the points that Mark had. Well, Al from Croydon, uh, who, Croydon North, who's a foundation member, basically asks, who will come out for Corrin uh, when and if he's fit? Well, I think he's, uh, he's going to be... They're going to have to be super cautious with him. At 30-odd years of age, with a calf injury... Six weeks minimum, you have to get back to fitness. He's not an old man. He's not an old man, but I wouldn't think they'll have him. I would have thought that Madoka would have been the one who wouldn't play. Oh, the way Padalou's going at the moment, he's no yeah, guarantee. I point. mean, there's a few of them in there. Even I mean, Moy's nice at set pieces and stuff, but he's got to do it for 90 minutes. And maybe that's why he wasn't, maybe he wasn't getting a regular game at West City Wanderers because of that reason. So maybe we're finding out why some of these players were lacking somewhere else. Um, but look, I think out of that, that midfield three at the moment... Mass would be the guy that you always have in there because it doesn't matter whether they're winning or losing. He gives the same all the time. You I just think need he came players. Off with a groin injury tonight, though. And, and no, Did he? Yeah. Eric Pardalou really has to step up. He's, he's got to go one step beyond whatever he's done and whatever he's achieved in the A League or wherever else he's played because he's come back and you know you got to be more than just a hairstyle, buddy. You, you, you got to you got to. Yeah. Lead, lead those people. And, and Vinny knows. We, we know that he's yeah. a great player. And he knows he can do it. He did it for Absolutely. years at Brisbane. So yeah. get on the uh, Bon Voyage hotline, 94291116, like a lot of callers have tonight. We really appreciated that, 94291116. Hey, let's, let's talk about Adelaide United just for a little mm. while, guys, because, you know, I mean, we were watching them and. We were thinking about the promo that the A-League are doing about beautiful football. Oh, well, Carlos, uh, you yeah. made the point that well, you think on, they're playing probably yep. closer than anyone. Well, I'll give a bit of a football. backstory to this, uh, Rodrigo. Go for it. If you get on our website, 40agos.com, and uh, sift through our me- much, much fantastic literature in the blogs, and Vinny, Vinny's got... Like, prolific. Sp- prolific, is that's what I was looking for. Yes. Uh, Vinny's got some fantastic stuff. But in amongst it all... There's my little blog from a I couple of weeks ago, anything. why the A-League is not the beautiful game, or something like that. Yes, like, controversial. Right? It was very controversial. Um, my mum loved it when, I, when she <laughs> read it. But uh, I, I, my argument is that the campaign they've got at the moment, you know, the, the beautiful game campaign, is, is garbage. There's, Australian football's not beautiful. It's not beautiful. In fact, there's not much beautiful football around the world, right? But I take a step back. When I watch this Adelaide City, Adelaide United team, the word beautiful nearly comes out of my mouth when I watch them play. The way they, they stretch teams, the way they, the, 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 the changing the point of direction of play in those long-range players. Oh, unbelievable over the place. Karuska, Thirio. I mean, the finishing, the, the goal, the, the goal from Jitay tonight, if you haven't had a look at it, don't go to bed until you find some vision on it somewhere because you'll sleep better. Watch it in bed. Yeah, you'll, you'll sleep better if you watch it. It's, it was a fantastic goal, well crafted there with uh, mm. Tarek uh, Elrich whipping one in and uh, Brucey Jitt, a world class header to put that away. There's no way Redmayne would have ever saved that. So, uh, you know, I just love the way they're playing football at the moment. And the difference between them and when they employed the Civ defence in previous years is that they've become more compact without the ball, but when they have the ball, Oh, gee, the, the support on the, with the player on the ball and the, the way they actually spread that play. Chris passing. Oh, they're so dominant the way they, they, they've got authority on the ball. They know what they're doing. It's all measured. 
Beautiful. Depth changes of play. Beautiful. And I know the Adelaide fans, I know we've got a couple of listeners from Adelaide, they will, they, they, they actually, well, a couple of million listeners in Adelaide, <laughs> uh, they, will, they would really appreciate a team like that because they, they've grown up with a culture of good football in Adelaide. Oh, they, they look really, really mm. good. And their coach, well, I think we talked about it earlier, that he kind of galvanises not just the team, but he's, he's created this, this culture that, you know, people will want to embrace. And... Uh, you know, big, big fan of uh, what they're doing over there in Adelaide yeah. at the moment. He's so. like the Jerry Maguire. Yeah, you know, people will want that love. Everyone wants that love. Yeah, no, I think he's, um, I think he's an outstanding coach and uh, doing great things for that club. But, uh, hey, let's take a break now and come back with uh, a whole lot more of the Diegos. But before we do, let's have a listen to a couple of players, uh, Bruce Jitte and Eric Pardalou after the game with thanks to Fox Sports with Michael Zapponi. Bruce Jitte with me. Uh, Bruce, uh, your great start to the season continues. Your team firstly, let's talk about that. Uh, fantastic. Yeah, fantastic team effort. I think you know when you go 1-0 down away, it's always very difficult. We knew that after we copped the goal early on. But we had the belief that we could come back, and we did that tonight. And, you know, it's early in the season, but it just shows that we're showing some promise this year. There was a comment made at the start of the season that uh, it's about time that Adelaide United won some silverware. It's been a while. Uh, do you think uh, this team's got the right ingredients? We've got the ingredients. We're just baking the cake, so let's just wait and see. It's very early on. We don't want to get too carried away, but the ingredients are there, and we're confident. You're in just about career-best form as well. What are you doing on the 18th of November? The Socceroos are playing that night. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe watching the game at home. <laughs> you haven't heard from the FFA or Ange or any of his people yet? No, obviously there's a bit of speculation out there, but like I said before, it's uh, not one, two or three games that's going to you know, get you in the national team. You've got to perform consistently and you've got to consistently perform at a very high level. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm just starting. I'm, I'm not there yet. How's the body? Because we know you've had uh, injury concerns over the last couple of years, but uh, you're looking good. Yeah, the body feels quite good. I think uh, going into extra time against Sydney FC in the FA Cup the other week uh, kind of stressed it a little bit. I uh, put them back up uh, against Perth last week, but you know, had that game off and, and I felt good today. And a bad cross from Tarek as well. Yeah, fantastic cross. He's my roomie and he's been taking the credit for, for my work this season, so he can take the credit for that one too. Thanks, Bruce. Cheers, mate. All right, Eric Partalu uh, joining me now. Uh, Eric, uh, disappointing start to, to the season for Melbourne City. There was a lot of expectation. Do you think that's weighing on, on your minds at all? No, I don't think so. I think uh, if anything, you know, a new team put together it takes time to gel. And um, unfortunately for us, we uh, we aren't putting 90 minute shifts in at the moment. And uh, you know, we're good in patches, but it's just not good enough. Good in patches, especially in the first half tonight. Uh, you had the better of Adelaide from the start. Uh, where did it go wrong? Do you think in the second? Yeah, I think we got a little bit stretched. Um, we had a good game plan in the first half, and uh, you know, maybe switched off a few times in the second half. And. You know, it's a quick free kick and uh, a good ball through for the for the penalty. But um, you know, we've got to mark better and be smarter and unfortunately let ourselves down again. Was one of the messages at halftime to get the ball quick, more quickly forward, especially to David Villa? Yeah, obviously, you know, with a talented player like David Villa, you've got to get, get the ball to him quickly. But um, you know, we didn't control the game again, which is disappointing. Uh, Adelaide are a great side at passing the ball around. And um, you know, I thought we matched it in the first half. Um, in the second half, we you know, in patches. Thanks, Eric. The coach, oh, he's fair. He treats us all the same, like dogs. This has been a sad coaching moment by the four Diegos. On 11.16 SEN, the four Diegos. 
to Diego's final whistle here on a Friday night. Adelaide United defeated Melbourne City 2-1. Uh, Patrick Kisnorbo scored in the ninth minute. Jitte scored for Adelaide in the 38th. Uh, Karuska scored a penalty in the 80th minute. Amy Park, 13,083 people turned up and uh, looked like a bit of fun uh, for about well, nine minutes. Now, Rodrigo, I'm going to ask you a question. I want, to, I want a decision either way, <laughs> right? I'm going to look at you. I'm, for those people out there... You're pointing. It yeah, it doesn't look good for radio, but I'm pointing at him, looking right into those dark, dark eyes of yours. Was it a penalty? Look... Of course, I'll, I'll talk people through it. Redmayne went to ground, mm-hmm. and the young Camus... Kamau? Kamau. Bruce. Yeah. Bruce. Yeah, Let's yeah, call Bruce, him Bruce. Bruce 2. Bruce 2. Mm-hmm. Young Bruce. Uh, he actually... Uh, he went around the keeper... But then left his leg there, left it, just left it there and trailed over the top of Redmayne, got himself a penalty. Good on the kid, but was it a penalty? Carlos, it, when I saw it live, I thought it was. Yep. Uh, then I, I saw the, the uh, slow motion, I thought it was a bit soft. I think the young fella left his leg there. I don't think, I think the goalkeeper, the goalkeeper came out really aggressively and I think that's what maybe, uh, maybe tipped it over the line. I'm a City so, fan. It was a pen every day of the week. I mean, yeah. they, they give them all around the world. That's yeah. the problem. I mean, you just can't go to ground, as Lucas Neal will tell you. Uh, in, in the benefit of slow-mo and, and the replay, then it, it, to me it didn't look like a penalty. But, um, but he, he, did, he did hit a trailing leg, so I suppose um, you know, it is a penalty. Mm. There you go. Yeah, did, I just, I, did I sit on the fence enough there? Well, you did because you said one thing in the end. But, no, yeah. but you, you sort of had. I in the end, you that. said it was or was it? It was. Okay, it yeah. was a penalty. Yeah, they they give them all around the world. I hate that. I hate it when that does that. But you're asking referees to make split session second decisions without the replay. I just think players who leave their leg there and uh, almost invite some sort of contact. Yes, I think. But there was contact. In like the Grosso. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Just, just leave your body there for, to invite contact. I think uh, they should go. But that, that really does stretch referees' ability to make the call, though. It happens so quick. I mean, we're, you know, like, I was like you when I first saw it on TV. It looked like a clear penalty. Oh, it definitely, and did. it was only when we got the slow mo, we were asking questions about it. That's exactly what I said. Mm. <laughs> All right, uh, look, yeah, two one. As I said, it was a big night. Thanks for your calls tonight. We've really appreciated that. But uh, let's talk about. Uh, Warren, before I go to the next subject, did the you boat's have all to say? almost gone. Isn't <laughs> right? Yeah, the Bonvoy yeah, the b- line. That ship <laughs> they're, sailed. They're actually letting the ropes <laughs> off the moorings. Yep. No, that ship's the boat's gone. gone. Yep. yep, absolutely. Talking about another team that's gone, not by boat, thankfully, no. otherwise they wouldn't have been there on time to be able to play. Western Sydney Wanderers. Yeah, let's talk about them because greatest they're... achievement ever in Australian football, other than making the quarterfinals of the World Cup. No, if they Adelaide, won. Adelaide made the final of the Asian. If Chefs, they won. If Carlos. they won, sorry, I didn't hear that bit there. If they won. We didn't quite finish the uh, second most significant if they won. Uh, look, result. Yeah, look, yes, I would agree because they're a club that are only two years old. Three years old? Three years old? Yep. They're in their third this year right third now. Year. So, um, yeah, I think it would be, it, uh, given the circumstances around it. Um, can they if, do it, Carlos? Yeah, if it's any team, any A-League team that can backs against the wall, 65,000 people against them, They've got 14 fans, of which one is a woman who's travelled over yes, and got a visa. Yes, but when those 14, do the Poznan, that's going <laughs> to throw everyone out, that's Carlos. That's not going to look that good, is it? Everyone, but, but, no, they're going to think, what's going on? They're not even watching the, the game. But you hear the story? This Al-Halal. 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 They're playing in Riyadh. Of course, it's the Capital second leg of the Saudi final of the Asian yeah, Champions League. Of course. League. Thanks for setting that up. Of which Western Sydney Wanderers are 1-0 yeah, up, absolutely. Carlos. Absolutely. Please continue. Thank you, Rodrigo, for setting <laughs> it up. Apparently, the story is this Al-Halal mm. is hated over there by Every other supporter, so they're like a Collingwood of uh, of uh, Saudi Arabian football. So every other supporter, because apparently the king, 
or one of the kings there. There's a few kings there. Had bought out all the tickets for the stadium and wanted them wanted the stadium packed out with their own supporters. But what happened is because they were giving out tickets to everyone who just applied, a lot of the opposition fans had got the tickets, and now they're supporting West Sydney Wanderers. Oh, so you'll fantastic. find half the stadium will be doing the Poznan. Oh, that'd be sensational. The Saudi Arabian guys who, who wouldn't even know what the Poznan is are going to be doing the Poznan in the 80th minute. So Love it. Love it. So, okay, they, they need to, obviously, you know, they've, they've got their work cut out. It's going to be hot there. Don't uh, concede early. That's, is, they, talking to, is that a direction to me? Yeah, no, <laughs> or, you can <laughs> set far too early most of the time, particularly like, to Carlos. Forget about conceding oh, early. They've got to score. If West Sydney Wanderers score, the away, score. Goal, the away goal will be gold. Yes. So, Do you think they'll go out to try and get a goal straight up to put them under the pump? Or I, they'll I just think, sit back for a bit? Yeah, look, I, I, I don't know if they'll have a choice because Al Hilal had all the ball at <laughs> Parramatta and, you know... You're not, you, they were forced to sit back and, and try and absorb things. And I think there'll, there'll be more of the same over there. But if anyone's resilient enough, yep. I mean, Fedek, having a man mountain like Ante Kovic in goal, has, you know, he's 40 fire. years old. He's fantastic. 40 years old. Yep. And the guy's just unbeatable at the moment. He's just what a great keeper he is. Warren, before we've got two minutes to go, uh, what excites you about the English Premier League this weekend? <laughs> oh, well, I think um, Mario Balotelli breaking his duck in the Premier League is. Liverpool go away to Newcastle? No, I'll tell you what. I would I'd almost swear that I'd never watch this game. But the the Manchester Derby's on this weekend and you've got you've got Man City coming off a loss in the um Capital One Cup, a loss on the weekend. Um Pellegrini coming out saying they need to rebuild trust. No and just, silver. And just very quietly for the SMSer, I think um who talked about Guest players. Oh, right, yes. I actually think that... Um, what did the SMS say? Man City have got a guest player at the moment, haven't they? Frank Lampard, he's a guest player. Yes, but they don't, they don't really need him, do they? Well, he's going fairly well so with them. So what point are you making? Oh, I'm just making that it's not just Melbourne City that go for guest players. But I actually think this is a really interesting Manchester derby because I think... I think he's a lone player anyway. He's not City a guest need, player. City need to win. Otherwise, I think... City will be in crisis. City, if they lose. The global conglomerate. Yeah. There'll be a serious management meeting on Monday. I think City need like to win. a global financial crisis if they... Uh, <laughs> the whole, City the stock need markets to win. around the world will fall out. Fall you know what? Manchester United need to win more. Yes. They just need to substantiate this, what, trickle of improvement that they've shown without being, you know, convincing. But they need to be strong in a really big game well, like they, the they, old Manchester they United. They took the smile of the special one's face and Van Persie scoring last minute. That's got to be a, a fillip for, they were lucky. for positivity. There should have been lock on. So I'm looking forward to that. Yep, so so are we and so are our listeners. Thanks for that little summary there. Hey, we're back on Monday night uh, because Melbourne Victory take on Wellington Phoenix and uh, SEN will be broadcasting that game and we'll be back uh, on Monday. For Without a, Carlos, actually. No, no, I'll, but, be, uh, I'll be we'll call, on the call. Yeah, on the Phone? Blower? Yeah. Yeah, 10, 10 p.m. Uh, for, for the final whistle, uh, Cup Eve style. Perth Glory take on Newcastle Jets. Sydney FC plays Central Coast Mariners for the rest of the weekend in Melbourne Victory and Wellington Phoenix on Monday. That's it for this week's show. Don't forget uh, All Night Appetite with Benny Jones right after the Diego's. Remember, Carlos? We're the Puerto Rican girls. Hang out. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever you samba, rumba and la bumba. We'll, we'll be there. there. Wherever there are girls with fruit on their head and balls at their feet. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. Where the gringos play football. We'll, we'll be there. there. We are the Four Diego's. Four Diego's.